This is the final whistle on Ocean FM. What's the next step for Finn Harps in the wake of Ollie Horgan's departure? Would Jim McGuinness really be a good fit for Finn Park? Would Harps be the right fit for him? We'll hear from Horgan's outgoing assistant boss, Gavin Dykes. Donegal Gaelic football champions Nave Connell make their Ulster Club Championship entrance in Belfast this weekend. We'll assess their prospects. And Leitrim champion St Mary's fly out to London tomorrow for their Connor Club Championship opener against St. Kiernan's with Turla Strand of Sligo taking notes in the wings. And you're welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan and here are the contact numbers 083 3500 530 by WhatsApp or text. The email address is sport at oceanfm.ie and you can find us on Twitter right now at oceanfmsport. Also coming up on the programme... Let There Be Light. We'll pay a visit to Tubbacurry GA Club's new floodlit Field of Dreams in South Sligo. Well, Finn Harps Football Club has this evening invited applications for the job of first team manager. Interested candidates have until Friday week, the 18th of November, to apply. Ollie Horgan's departure from Harps was confirmed yesterday after nine years in the manager's role. The Donegal Club, you'll know, were relegated from the SSE Electricity League Premier Division a fortnight ago. Media outlets today have been reporting that Jim McGuinness is in the frame for the manager's job, but there's no indication yet that the Harps project would appeal to him. Gavin Dykes was assistant to Ollie Horgan during the season just past, and his friendship with the Galway man goes back much further than that. Well, I suppose I know him upon 25 years, Austin. Uh, it's my second time to have worked with him. Uh, when he spoke to me to start the year, I, look, it's a well-known fact he, he was probably going to walk away last year. Uh, people persuaded him to stay, uh, which included some of the players that were there. And uh, he lost Paul Haggerty. He, he asked whether I give him a dig out. Uh, I said I would. Uh, I'm very fond of the man. He's, he's a really, really football man. He's, he's unique. In, in, in this country, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough that I've, I've worked as assistant manager to a lot of guys and really good fellas. But uh, Ali is probably the, no doubt about it, the hardest working and the most passionate man I've I, I've met. Uh, Ali's done for Finn Harps and keeping them in the Premier Division for as long as he did, and as well as getting promotions. Trust me, is not short for miracle. Uh, it, the, the league here is it's getting better and better, but when it gets better and better, it gets more expensive. Uh, it's more. So the league doesn't like you know UCD um, ourselves draw out of the smallest budgets um, and that's where the, where things end up at the end of the day and I, I think it's it's very disappointing to see him going from the club's point of view I presume but um, you know I'm sure he won't be able to football long. He's made a life for himself in Donegal working as a teacher by day. Do you think he might have liked to have stayed on or did nine seasons feel like this was the end of a, a juncture? Uh, I suppose that's a question he doesn't answer. I, I, I'll give you an example of, of, of the guy and what he is. Uh, we, we played bowls on a Saturday at four o'clock uh, in the season. And I arrived in Finn Park at half twelve and Ollie Horgan was out cutting the grass and cutting the pitch as a Premier League manager. Now that probably tells you a lot about Ollie Horgan, but it also tells you maybe a little bit about Finn Herbs at the moment. So he's, he's like I said to you, it's... it's 
it'll be a huge loss to them. Maybe certain people don't realise that now. Uh, it'll be a massive loss to them because, you know, what he brought to the place uh, with staff, with players, you know, he brought in, I've no doubt, financial stuff. Um, you know, he was the heart and soul of the place, you know, and uh, I'm sure he's, he's, he's disappointed. I know he's disappointed. I spoke to him uh, not that long ago. He's disappointed to send it this way. But, you know, he won't be out of football long. You know, he, he's, he's a huge amount to offer. I'm sure there's clubs out there that'll be looking for people and uh, I've no doubt he'll get into it. You know, he's, he's exceptionally honest. You know, and, and I think that's one of the biggest things that's going for him. He's one of the most honest guys I ever met in football. And uh, like I said, I, I, I'm delighted for him in a way that he's, he, it's done, it's trusted for him. Uh, and hopefully he can move on. And you're also stepping away as assistant manager, Gavin. So yeah, I'm wondering. Don't about that, Ashley. I, 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 I went to Finn Harps uh, to try and help uh, Ollie Hogan. And there's some, I met some really, really good people, as I always do with all the clubs that I know much. You know, I, I really, really have. You know, there's, there's a lady in the shop there, and Kelly, who looks after the supporters thing, and she was there when I was there as manager. And she, she's, you know, fantastic, a real Finn Harps woman. Uh, so I met some great, great people, but uh, no, I definitely, I, I'm, uh, once Ollie leaves, then, uh, and I would imagine all the staff going, and don't be surprised if you see a lot of players stepping away from it as well. You know, he, he, he attracted the players, and, and I know he had to go far in this year. Like, you know, he lost 11 players. We spoke long before I went there, that the task in hand would, would be huge. He lost 11 players out of his squad, all right? The budget, as we know, is not big. Um, and he had to go and hunt all over the world to get players in. And he done that. He, 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 if I said Ali Horgan, there was a player in Curry, he'd hop in his car and go down there. That's the type of guy he was. He's been at every football match that, you know, he turns up every place because that's what he is. And he done all that for Finn Harps and to try and keep him in the Premier Division. Unfortunately, he fell short with that, but it definitely wasn't from a lack of effort on his behalf. So what are Finn Harps finally going to do now, Gavin? This is a week when it's been announced that there's going to be a minimum wage of €430 Euro per week for full-time clubs. Clubs like Finn Harps can opt to stay part-time if they wish, but that sounds like it's going to make life very difficult to try and get back up to the top tier. Well, maybe that's a question you should ask the chairman of Finn Harps, honestly, uh, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, like, like I said, I can only know from the dealings I have had... Uh, with the players, with Ollie, um, and a huge amount of the players were there for him. There's no doubt about that. You know, that's that a commitment to him. It was players that asked him to come back last year. You know, he was going to step away, and it was certain players asked him to come back. And those players, I have no doubt, I have no doubt that they they won't play this year. Some of them will retire uh, because they they seen what he put into it. They seen the passion he had for it. Uh, he loves the people of Donegal. He works up there, you know, and great credit to him. And, and I will say this, you know, we weren't going well and we didn't go well this season, but the crowd stuck with us all the way through, right up to the last match, and a great credit to him. You know, potentially there's maybe good times ahead for them if the new stadium happens, but uh, sometimes you don't realise what, what you're losing until it's gone. And uh, I think that might be the case here. Gavin Dykes on the departure of Ollie Horgan from Finn Harps Football Club. 
Well, the 2022 Connacht Senior Football Championship begins this Saturday at McGovern Park in Royslip when the London champion St Kiernan's host St Mary's of Leitrim in a quarter-final at half-past one. This is the first time the Leitrim and London champions are meeting each other in the Provincial Club Championship. Tour Strand of Sligo, managed by Fergal O'Donnell, await the winners in the Provincial Semi next weekend. Former Leitrim County Manager Benny Guckian is also a proud St Mary's man and he'll be among the sizeable travelling support this weekend. Well I suppose you have the novelty of as you rightly say often about it being a, a first trip for a league from club over to London um, I would imagine that, that the, the management and the team are looking forward to it. It's, it's a big experience um, I suppose it's a challenge as well um, I know from, from my own experience when Leitrim were there in, in 2017 and even the logistics of it takes a lot of planning. And I suppose the fact that St Mary's are such a young, young team, um, I would hope that, you know, they'll embrace it and that, you know, they'll be, they'll just look forward to it. Um, Alan O'Flynn, or Alan Flynn is, is a, you know, he's done a fantastic job since he's come in. And I suppose one word that is sort of mentioned alongside his name is organisation. And so look, he'll have everything prepped. And um, I'd say the Samaris young players are really looking forward to to Saturday. Is this bonus territory for St Mary's? Well, you know, or or, or I, were they, are they an ambitious young bunch? They're definitely an ambitious young bunch, uh, Austin. If you look at the the calibre of players that are there, you know, take mainly Paul Keeney, the likes of Jeremy Kelleher. Uh, Keen Singleton, these guys have feared nobody since they were nine, ten years of age. You know, there's a few of them won uh, the All Ireland Community Games back when they were under, I think it was under 11. And I, you can say, you know, that, that that's a kids' tournament. But at the end of the day, it's still an All Ireland title. So uh, look, they, they are definitely an ambitious group. Um, would you say it's bonus territory? I suppose it's all very easy for us to say now that. Yeah, we, we we thought they would win the county final. I actually didn't think they would this year. I thought it was, might be a year or two soon for them. So um, I think this is going to be a great experience for them. They're a young group and uh, whatever comes out of Saturday, you know, it, it will definitely stand to them in the future. When the Connacht Club Championship draw was made during the, the, the summer, Benny and Sligo, Leitrim and... London's champions were all put on the same side of the draw. I think all three counties probably sat a bit more upright in their seats because there is a genuinely, for all three involved, um, a doable avenue to a potential Connacht Club final here. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. Um, I suppose out of the three, you'd imagine Tour de Strand are probably the strongest. Um, but then St. Cairns ran them, ran them very close last year. Um, so again, from from a Samaria side of things, they have nothing to lose. Definitely have nothing to lose. Um, and I think if they get over Saturday's challenge, you know they'll definitely they'll be they'll embrace the challenge of Tour de Strand the following week at home in in Park Sean. It is difficult to gauge where standards are at in London vis-a-vis the rest of the Connacht Club Championship. Does that make this assignment that bit more unpredictable? Well, I, I, do you know what, Austin? Like you, I say, St. Clarence, this is their third title. Um, 
in, in six years, like so that they're a seasoned team. As I say, they ran Tour de Strand, you know, for about forty minutes last year. So it's it's they're going. It's going to be a really difficult, difficult challenge for St Mary's on Saturday. Um, definitely, the Kieran's would have the experience. The fact that it's at home for them you would imagine will will have a big advantage as as I was saying earlier, you know, the logistics side of it for some areas, the fact that you're travelling to the airport by bus, you're getting on a plane, you're staying in a hotel, you're sleeping in a strange bed, all them things are, are a challenge. But in saying that I I think if, if Samaris go out and play the way they played in the second half against Mohan in the county final, you know, I think they'll they'll challenge any team. And just one final thought on the scheduling of this Connor Club Championship, Benny. And I'm thinking of Carrie Gallen here after their junior title success last Sunday in Leitrim. They've got to turn around now and go straight into their Connor Club Championship game in Galway against Clifton. Whereas St Mary's have had time to celebrate what they achieved against Mohol a few weeks ago, take time to enjoy that and tune back in again for this Connacht assignment. Yeah, and, and going back to Alan Flynn, you know, again, his experience of, of dealing with, with winning teams, you know, he gave the lads a few days to celebrate. I suppose he did have the luxury of the time frame, but he had them back training within five days of, of their celebrations. So, you know, his focus obviously is on this Saturday. Um, but yes, I definitely would feel for Carrie Gallon. That's a difficult one because, you know, they really enjoyed their weekend last weekend and rightly so and to try and, and change that mindset from celebrating into challenging for a Connacht uh, club championship it's definitely it's a difficult one for them That's former Leitrim boss Benny Guckian who'll be amongst the St Mary's travelling support in Royslip this Saturday and that Connacht club quarter final between St Kiernan's who by the way includes Sligo native David Carabine in their ranks and St Mary's it throws in at half past one in McGovern Park and we'll keep you in touch with that game throughout Saturday sports beat. Saturday's also a big day for Leitrim women's intermediate champions Kiltobrit they take on Charlestown in the Connacht intermediate uh, Connacht final at St. Crone's GA Grand in Roscommon at 1pm. That match will be streamed live by Connacht LGFA. Some suggestions this week that AFL star Anya Tai might make a surprise appearance for Kilturbert in that game but we've no confirmation of that as of yet. When we come back, we're off to Tubber to see the South Sligo GA Club's new floodlit Field of Dreams. Ocean FM. Ocean FM's final whistle. Thanks to Donegal Plumbing and Heating. Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samsung and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps and all your renewable needs. Still to come, Conor Breslin, Peter Campbell and Michael McMullen of the Gaelic Life on Nave Connell's Ulster Club Championship entrance in Belfast this coming Sunday. But next to South Sligo, where on Monday evening last, Tubbacurry GAA Club officially switched on its new floodlights for the club's revamped training pitch facility at Kilcoyne Park, one of the signature venues in Sligo Gaelic Games. The new surface is available now for clubs and schools matches and it's going to be used as well by the wider community. Ocean FM Sport was there for the official switch on. Here's a flavour of the evening. Last play. Can we draw three? 
The training pitch at Kilcoyne Park in Tubber is in full flow on this Monday evening. Head coach Colin McGee is taking the Centre Tractors senior Gaelic footballers through their paces. Some 40 metres away, under two large gazebos, local parish priest Father Vincent Sherlock, one of the invited guests for the official switch-on of the new training ground floodlights, is telling football stories. Back in 89, I remember having the Mayo flag out the window of the house. Even though I'm a Sligo man, I felt it was in Mayo. When I was leaving Kerry Castle a few years later, that little farewell party for me, and a lovely man, he's dead since. He came up to me and he said, I was going to Colooney. He said to me, you're going to a Sligo parish now. I said, I am. He said, I noticed you had the Mayo flag out when we were in the All-Ireland. I said, I did. Well, he said, any bit of a Midland second-hand one you can pick up and keep you going in Sligo. <laughs> but I proudly wear, literally wear, the Sligo colours as a priest, black and white. And I'm proud to do that, and I'm proud to be in Sligo tonight, and I'm proud to be in Trevor Curry tonight, and I'm proud of all of you tonight. I don't claim to know you by name, but I know you by interest, and by the desire you have to make this an important field of dreams in the lives of many people. And so, Lord, we turn to you, and we ask you tonight, on this winter's night in November, to bless this field of dreams, to bless the lights that shine on it, and to bless the stars that will illumine young boys and girls who will learn the skills of the game. Fathers and mothers who will very gently encourage the referee on the sideline. Here's a big ask. You can do everything, God. We pray for gentleness, I suppose, around the sideline and for companionship on the teams and for good sportsmanship between the clubs and the counties. And may God bless each and every inch, centimetre, millimetre, whatever it is, of this Kilcoyne Park. May he bless us with the light of his grace and the light of his presence. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank you all very much and congratulations on the job so, so well done. Okay, this is Sean McDonough, Grants Officer with Tobacco GA Club. Uh, when I walk around here tonight, Sean, everyone points to you and says he's the man for helping get a lot of this done. Is that accurate? Uh, I suppose I um, probably pull a few strings and bring some of the community together and I'm involved in a few bits in Tubbercurry. So um, I kind of have my hand in a, in a few different groups. So I'm able to kind of connect the dots and, and, and bring people together. So I probably that's one of my biggest skills. Mayo by birth, but you're a semi-Sligo man now at this stage, are you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm a bit of a blow-in. I'm Australia, Ballydrine, uh, uh, Ballyhonus, uh, Dublin. So yeah, kind of as a man says, I've I've uh, travelled a little bit around the world. So I've settled here in Tubbercurry and um, my kids are here. So yeah, I suppose uh, I'm pegged here for a while. And you've immersed yourself, it would seem, in the local GA club. Absolutely. Um, I got involved with, uh, well, I actually got involved with CT Girls first and my the two girls play with CT Girls and the two boys now are with uh, Tubbercurry GA. So I suppose I'm involved. Um, I probably put myself more Kilcoyne Park and the development of the park and the development of the facility for in South Sligo. So that's really my uh, my mantra, as the man says. Sure. And what do you get out of it on a personal level? Um, I fulfilment. Uh, it's great to see here. You have Saint Attractors, the, the, all the all the different lads here from Saint Saint Attractors this evening, and you have every club in South Sligo. And then you have uh, up the other end of the pitch, you have a lot of young kids. And I suppose uh, to see a facility like this in South Sligo, that you know. Uh, 
like other clubs will envy I think that's that's a great thing and that kids going forward um, they won't they will like it'll just be something that they'll grow to you know expect um, and it's something that wasn't here before and I suppose for my generation or this generation to leave a mark and be able to you know move to carry on or South Sligo on sure I'm 49 years of age and I'm old enough to remember as a kid, after Markovic Park, Kilcoyne Park in Tropicurry was the signature venue in Sligo for so many years. Perhaps as time went on, it gradually lost a little bit of its lustre, but the, the scale of the club, its, its importance to Sligo never waned. And I, I get the impression there's a, a refreshed drive looking around here at the, the training ground that you put together. The lights are turned on officially tonight. You have big ambitions for this place. Um, yeah, I suppose absolutely. We have big ambitions. Uh, as I said to you, Kilcoyne Park. It, I mean, we, we're we're lucky. CT Gales uh, call it home. We share with Clunacool. We've Tubber Curry Clunacool underage amalgamation of two clubs. Um, you know, and that that's. I mean, as I come back to it again with the child, the kids, the lads, the boys, the girls, they won't know anything different. And I think you know you, where you did say you're right. Maybe things not that would have gone stale, but maybe there was no investment. And you know, there's definitely a change in Tubber Curry. You can see that with On Cree. You see it with the Fair Day. Um, you know, Tubba Curry at South Sligo. I come back to it, it is South Sligo. It's great to see a revival here again, you know. Yeah. And I know floodlights are a very obvious thing for a pitch to get, but it does open options in terms of what can be used here, whether it's the club, the local schools, absolutely. the wider community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, Sound Attractors are here. We're developing a walking track at the moment. It'll be 900 metres of uh, track around the park. Uh, we're looking at uh, integrating... Um, community centre, gymnasium, tennis, uh, we're talking to sports partnership, maybe basketball. So yeah, absolutely, it's about developing the facility. As I said again, you know, okay, this is Kilcoyne Park, it is GA. There are other things that can be done here as well. And it is, the, you know, maybe a cheeky to say the home of uh, South Sligo of football. But, you know, and Turlestrand have great facilities, Curry, Bonanadan, like, I mean... It's a small area, really, but there's some fantastic places around, like Bonanadan, the community park, the guys in Tullestrand, the guys in Curry are doing phenomenal stuff, Mullabrina, Clunacool. Yeah. I mean, people, are, people don't realise they're, they're very lucky, and we have some great facilities in South Ligo. Two tubermen here on this new training pitch, Colin McGee and Pat Kilcoyne. Pat, what are your earliest memories of Kilcoyne Park or being around this place? Well, first of all, I was on the pitch across yeah. there and as a kid coming up playing with me, my dad brought me up and um, and then when they bought this pitch here, I remember we used county training it and club training it and play challenge matches on it and it was, oh, you'd be up to your knees in this time of year and it was grand during the summertime but then once winter came, it was like a muddy bath and but we used to do a lot of the county training here under PJ Carroll and um, but I have a lot of fond memories of Tubber's my home pitch and always will be my home pitch and then but it's great to see this facility here today I never thought I'd see the day and it's as mighty to see the lights are brilliant the pitch the surface everything is very good and onwards and upwards and great credit must go to the committee and the club mm. for the foresight to see it and those young kids here tonight playing up there seven aside nine aside and it's all for them down the road, like, you know, for the newer generation, so it's mighty. And Colin McGee, you've just finished a training session with the St. Attractors senior team, and you have lights that are proper lights, they're bright, you have a surface that's going to stand the Irish climate most of the time, and that hasn't always been the way in previous years. No, definitely not. Pat mentioned it there about trainings in the winter over on, particularly on the, on the wall side over here, across from the dressing rooms, like, Pat mentioned counter training as well. Like we had my first session 
my, my first season under Kevin Walsh was a pure slog on that dark side some fellas might not have even come back out for <laughs> their feet were that stuck but uh, oh, it was real real heavy over on that far side and it's just walking it there now it's it's perfect it's 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 amazing and to reiterate what Pat said there massive credit must go to the committee for, for getting this off the ground I think it was 2018 we did our Oscars fundraiser down in the Sligo Park and that was what really started all this and Pat won no awards but he's been acting he's been acting all his life so um you know, it was uh, that's what started it all, really, and got the money running for this, and then the lights and the pitch. It's just, it's immaculate here, and very, very proud to be a tub man here. Exactly. I mean, I know there's probably people listening who will say, well, new floodlights, that's routine enough stuff nowadays in Gaelic games. But it does open so many doors in terms of what the club can do, what the local school can do, what the local community can do. Yeah, sure. Like even even last Tuesday during midterm, we were supposed to have a game, and it got called off because of the weather, and literally one phone call, and we were training here two hours later. So that's that's exactly what this facility can now do for not just Tubbacurry obviously but for the South Sligo community because this is a South Sligo team more or less centre tractors that trained here this evening so it's definitely uh, a huge plus for South Sligo to have a second floodlit pitch after Torres Strands of course so it's it's a huge benefit to us for tra- teams training during the winter like it's dark at I think maybe 20 past 5 now but we can come up to this and it's just a, it's a brilliant brilliant facility to have Colin McGee Pat Kilcoyne, Sean McDonough and Father Vincent Sherlock uh, connected to Tupperkerry GA Club at the official switch on of the training pitch floodlights at Kilcoyne Park in Tupperkerry this week and we'll play more on that on Sunday's Ocean FM Sport this weekend. Well, next to the Ulster Club Football Championship, Donegal champions Nave Connell take on Cargan of Antrim this Sunday at half past one in Corrigan Park in West Belfast. The Donegal GA podcast looks ahead to that game now. Conor Breslin's guests this week are journalist Peter Campbell and Michael McMullen of The Gaelic Life. I was actually talking to Brian McNiff this week uh, for his column about it. And like he had that uh, experience of playing with St. Joseph's and winning in Ulster, well, winning a couple of unofficial Ulster titles first before the uh, the club championship came into being um, throughout the country. But it, like it was going in Ulster even before that, and St Joseph's were one of the teams who could compete. But then you know they had such an array of players uh, to call on. But he talked about you know how how exciting it was to. Go away on a on a on a different journey to pl- go to different grounds and Irvinstown, he said, was one of the big um, grounds in West Ulster. It was uh, before it became official. Um, there was an east and a west, and they used to play off the 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 both sections first, and then have the final in either casement or Irvinstown. And by and large, um, St Joseph's were involved nearly every year. But I suppose that was a time when there was no mobile phones, no social media. And as you said at the start, there was very, very little known about the opposition. You were nearly breaking complete complete new ground, apart from maybe uh, the county players that were playing for either team. Uh, But nowadays it's different. Um, Letties and Cargill will have, uh, they'll know very nearly everything about the opposition, even uh, to the extent as if it was a, a county final again um, in their own county. But it is different because um, like you have to travel to Belfast, um, all of Lenties and the, and the, and the parish of Fintown. Um, they'll be all on buses, as Michael says, off to Belfast for the day. Uh, it's a great occasion for a club. 
Um, and you know, the way Neve Connell have, have performed, they haven't been that bad in Ulster. Um, probably have met all the big teams recently. Uh, Cross McLean in, in Ulster final, met them in a, in a first round as well. Um, you know, Mayo Bridge, they've they've come up against nearly all the big clubs in Ulster over the last um, that successful period since two thousand and five, and. I don't think they'll fear going to Belfast on, 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 on Sunday, but it's going to be a great journey for them. Why? It's a bit of a throwaway comment as to say, why haven't we done it? But of course, if it was easy, everyone would do it. But when you look at the great teams, Peter, down through Donegal over the past maybe 40, 50 years, you're talking about Kilcar, Kelly Begg's team of the 90s, Aru of the 90s, St. Unions of the noughties, and yeah. right up to the Snape Connell team. Why haven't teams from Donegal prevailed in Ulster apart from Gidor in 2018 and St. Joseph's in the 70s? Yeah, 75. Uh, beat Castle Blaney Falls in, in, in Oma. Um, it, it's hard to know. Uh, that Kelly Beggs team, probably you would have thought uh, would have got there, but they, they only got to 1-5 uh, 91. Uh, that uh, deprived them. Uh, not much in it that day, very, very close. Um, and that was a top-class um, Killy Begg side. I suppose maybe Donegal winning the All-Ireland in 92 uh, mightn't have helped them because they were at their best then, the one 1991 and 92, and probably would have been at their best in 92. But, you know, winning in All-Ireland and having... Four is it four players on the panel? Um, probably didn't help their Ulster campaign that year. Um, and then you go on to Irua. Irua, uh, probably a little bit unlucky. They they they, they defeated Eric Kieran in Ballyshannon, um, and then had to go to Balahi uh, for the for the semi final and lost out narrowly in in Balahi. Uh, that was that was the closest they got, and. I suppose you had um, you had you had Neil Connell getting to the final end, and then um, uh, Gidor eventually getting over the line. Uh, it it has been difficult for 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 the Donegal teams, but those teams that have dominated Ulster in that period, you, as Michael said, they they've been you know winning their own county championship um, year after year. Uh, and I think that's that's the uh, the secret to to the success. You have to be you have to be able to win your own two or three years in a row to have that hunger to go on to Ulster. Then because uh, and and you know it, it's amazing what's the way um, club football is in, in Tyrone, how strong it is. Yet you know uh, we're Argyll Cairn, the last team to win it. Um, I think they won it back in '93 or something. Was it? I think maybe that. That might be the last, and they had, they had the uh, Peter, Peter the Great with them, and still, uh, it was difficult. It's not an easy competition to win, and it won't be easy this year either. Yeah, Michael, let let's talk about what we know of Corrigan because they have Ronan Devlin as their manager in his first season. He's won the Antrim Championship, uh, but their record alone in Ulster. Five straight defeats in the Ulster Club Championship. It's yeah. not good, but this could be a turnaround for them. But they still have a nice team. James Laverty, Kevin O'Boyle, the McCann boys up top. Uh, what What is their forte, Michael? 
Yeah, well, um, I think uh, I think St. Gauls were the last Antrim team to win a game in Ulster 2012, which wasn't that long after they were all Ireland champions. So they beat Tempo, and they haven't won a game since. Kilku uh, beat St. Gauls that year, so they, they've got a, they've a poor record in Ulster. And I was talking to Ronan Devlin at the presser recently, and they said that you know they say they want to make a dent in Ulster. Um, they knew they needed to get out of Antrim. That's that goes without saying, but. You know, I'm sensing that this year they thought if we go out of Antrim, we want to give it a go. Um, they, when he took over the job, along with Damien Casty four or five years ago, he was sort of told that it was an aging team. He says, you might be wasting your time on there because they're coming to the end of their teller. But they've won four of the last five championships. And incidentally, you know, if you look at their team, Justin Crozier, James Laverty, the centre of the defence, Highly experienced players, Cam, you know, have basically, you know, they've been main stage for Antrim for a long time, but it's been youth. You know, they have a Antrim ran this uh, All Stars Award ceremony, and the the three young player, three players, uh, shortlist of young player, all from Cargan. You know, with the young fella Cahar Donnelly, maybe in the running as well. So, uh, Pat Shivers at corner forward. Massive, tall, really, really lanky fella. It'll be interesting to see what Dave uh, Connell do with him. But he scored 19 points, top scorer. Um, Tomas McCann, the second top scorer. But incidentally, their third top scorer is their goalkeeper, John McNabb, former outfield player. And he was Antrim's player of the championship, you know, the club championship. So they've got a wee bit of everything there, so they have. And uh, the thing about their run is... They had two doses of extra time. They needed extra time to beat Craigan in the semi-final, who won it last year. And then eight points down against Ahagyal. You know, if you're coming back from eight points down, there's something special about you. He said the best thing about that, that uh, one was the fact they didn't start humping in balls for goals. They had the experience to just chip off points, find a way back into the game, and they won it now. That like, there's nothing as satisfying as winning a game when you come back from the death. And it's about suppose challenge, keeping that buzz going into Ulster. Um, but I honestly think the two teams are very, very similar. You know, uh, you know, as, as you both said, the record like in the last eight years, Cargan have won six championships. They've kind of won four and have lost two finals in that same time. You know, and, uh, you know, Nate Connell with that blend of experience, you know, Marty Boyle, Brick Malloy, Liam McLean and around their panel, Cargan with, with, uh, with the McCann's, Crozier, etc. So they're, they're fairly similar, I think. You know, and um, I think that's a mix, you know, I think that's what probably sums up the Ulster Club Championship, a game like this here that's going to be really, really tight and I wouldn't rule out extra time. Cargan have had it, had it twice already. And Nave Connell are one of those teams that seem to be impossible to beat. They seem to have that inner strength. They seem to have an unbelievable siege mentality where they can just build a team spirit and nothing ever breaks them. And it's a, it's a great thing to have. And I think they both it makes both camps pretty similar. Um, and just to, just to finish off on, on Peter's point there about Donegal clubs, Lavi won the All-Ireland in 1991. And I did a couple of interviews with them, but one of them, Seamus Downey, did actually say that the turning point of their season 
Um, you know, they obviously had a big moment where they were nearly beat by Tilcon Gales. But he says the day they went to play Neve Columba, a fella Felix Conroy came off the subs bench, kicked three points, they won the game, and they went back to Jackson's Hotel after the game. And he says it felt like a carnival. All the families were there, they'd got out of jail, and they realised, look, this is magical. And they ended up winning the All Ireland. But he always remembers that moment of going into Jackson's after beating Neve Columba and all the families there, and just thinking, there's something special to this competition. If, if I'm right in saying, I think Seamus Downey and uh, Johnny McGurk were on that team as well, weren't they? It was, it was a great, great Lavi team, so it was. And yeah, an excellent team. Yeah, they they they, they bet. Was it uh, Galway team in the final? As far Gold as I Hill, remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's far, far as I remember, if my research uh, is correct. So just to finish off, because I know both of you have to go. In terms of the way, Peter, we think these teams are going to play, is this going to be very blanket defence, a game of chess, or is it once Ulster Championship comes, you throw the shackles off and let's play ball? What what, what can we expect here on Sunday? Well, you know, we know how Neve Connell uh, yeah. played. They're, they're not going to throw the shackles off no. early on anyway. Um it's funny, I, there was an interview I think from um Cargan player recently saying that they they feared on uh, about letting uh Neve Connell get a lead. That's what Neve Connell do in games. They they get a lead. I don't think they'll beat you by, you know, ten or twelve points. Or they're not a team that does that. But you know, I think they'll go out, they'll they'll play their own game. And that's the 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 game they play. We uh we probably underestimated them in Donegal this year. Um, we had them in second and third and maybe down to fourth place at one stage in um, uh, as being contenders for to, to lift the Donegal title. But the one thing is you cannot rule uh, rule them out. Uh, as Michael said, like they play this way. Uh, they know they, they know their game. Um, they said they'll they'll go at you when they have the ball, but when they haven't the ball, they're going to have everybody behind it, and it's like they'll get around you. And what they want to do is to take the ball off you and start again. And they, they'll they'll do that from start to finish. They have, I suppose, a little bit extra in their armor this year in the fact that uh, Charles McGuinness has been going in full forward, and they've they've launched the odd high ball in there. And, and McGuinness has done exceptionally well. And, and and they have and they have like you know the the, the top lads that have carried them for so many years. They're now sitting on the bench. It's amazing how they just completely rebuilt this team and stayed at the top top level for so long. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say they've rebuilt it completely. Like you still have, you know, the the the, the power points there of you know Anthony Thompson at centre half back. You have AJ and Jason Campbell at at corner back. Jack McKelvey has come in and become the regular partner for Kieran Thompson at midfield, and like he's had a tremendous season. And probably the one player that has you know maybe been reborn this year is Brendan McDyer. You know, I don't know why he's thirty five is he this year? Yeah, thirty five. Uh, Man and, match in the final, and possibly uh, has been the player of the season in Donegal this year. Um, like his scoring potential uh, throughout the uh, the championship in Donegal, uh, probably has been saving Newcastle at times. Um, like I don't know how many points he's actually scored from play, but uh, I didn't keep a tally on that. But he he, he has been exceptional for Newcastle, and 
uh, with McGuinness coming alive at full forward, um, it, it's been a very, very uh, good progression for them. Uh, that that has given them something else. But like McGuinness just doesn't stay in at full forward. He'll be back at corner back, uh, helping out in defence as well. And um, but he he has provided them with an option in there this year. And uh, you know they seem to know when to use that. Um, Probably, uh, I suppose, maybe Jim McGuinness has been uh, around Lenties for maybe a couple of nights without people knowing it over the last couple of weeks. Um, and his, his, you know, his help and 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 uh, getting preparing them for that all final. Uh, Martin Regan said it was it was very very important. Um, and along with Barry Dunyan, you know, they have they have plenty of experience on the sideline as well. And, uh, as as Brian McInniff said, he says, I don't think they'll have any fear going to Belfast, but it, it won't be an easy uh, task for them to beat Carrigan because, um, as Michael said, Carrigan are probably targeting Ulster this year. They they want to be uh, probably a team that put their mark in Ulster as well as as as, as dominating in Antrim, and that that makes it a fascinating t- uh, contest to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Final point. We already see that Ulster Club Championship takes on a life of its own. Cross no longer in it. Cross McGlenn, the great Cross McGlenn team. So it's not going to be as simple. I know Neve Connell are favourites, but it's not as simple as just going out and winning it. Uh, Martin Regan did come back this season after resigning last year to win the championship. Now it's to go that one step further. Michael, who do you think is going to win this game on Sunday? Um, a very difficult one to call because both are very similar. Uh, just on Neve Connell, I think they get too much negative press for the way they play because I think a lot of teams play that way. Um, I think that's the way football is. Um, and on, on the Donegal County final, incidentally, the day the, the day they beat Goodore in the quarter final was a brilliant game of football. They both went at it, and the way they used Charles McGuinness with that long ball was fascinating. And then, as, as you touched on, the two long-range point kickers, Cian Thompson and, uh, and McDyer. So, um, both teams fairly well matched. Um, maybe Neve Connell just about. Um, not with any great conviction, because I think it will be a fairly tight game. Uh, Cargan have scored four goals in the championship and conceded four. And Neve Connell have scored nine and conceded seven, although they've played more games. So, um if uh, if Neve Connell can get a goal early, it changes everything. It gives him that chance. And but if it goes down the second half and it's a battle, any team can come through. It's very very hard to call. Maybe just Neve Connell. Peter. Yeah, I think yeah you'd have to say Neve Connell. Probably they they have they are the favourites. Um, they probably have had more success in Ulster um, in recent times than than Cargan. Um, I, I don't think there'll be much in it. Uh, I would say two, three points at the most. Uh, but I think it has that ability of of, of Thompson and, and McDyer to take those long-range points because uh, Neve Connell won't give Cargan uh, that many opportunities. And if Cargan, if Cargan would really have to be on fire, I think, uh, to get enough scores to beat them. So they, on they the don't. basis of... Sorry, Sorry, Peter. I was going to say, that they don't, uh, just on that Neve Connell point, they don't blow teams out of the water either as far as I remember you're, you're never going to see Neve Connell win 
games by 10, 11, 12 points. They, they usually lure teams into a false sense of security and they're able to hold that lead and they dominate teams in possession. But, you know, it's all it's always within two, three, four points that they win games by. Yeah, they're a team that, you know, probably like to get their noses in front and then uh, grind it out from there. Um, the difficulty for them would be that if Cargan got a goal or two or got, got ahead, uh, that might create a problem for them. But then we might see the real Neve Connell after that because, you know, they've, they've won games from behind as well. Uh, and then Cargan have come from eight points down in the, in the Antra final. So, you know, they, they know how to win games from behind as well. So, you know, it makes it a fascinating contest. I think that the experience that, uh, Neve Connell have those older guys and the, the ability of Kieran Thompson to take a game by the scruff of the neck, I think, uh, might be the difference in the end. Uh, I would maybe tip them by maybe two or three points, but I, I can't see them winning by any more than that. Peter Campbell of the Donegal Democrats, the Gaelic Life's Michael McMullen and Conor Breslin on this week's Donegal GAA podcast. You can listen to that pod in full by searching for Ocean FM Ireland wherever you usually get your podcasts. And Sunday's quarterfinal will be live on Ocean FM on 105 FM and online from half past one. A reminder, finally, the final whistle is available as a podcast each week on oceanfm.ie and, as I mentioned, wherever you get your podcasts. We're back next week same time, same place.